Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. All right, so we're going to, if you'll grab your Bibles and go to the book of Psalms. I actually, I like preaching stuff when it's, when it's really shut up like fire in you. And two weeks ago, I guess actually the morning of the tornado, I mean, I was, I was just like, just, I mean, couldn't wait to preach. Um, and so I was going to preach a message that morning, which I'm going to preach it this morning. And I'm not saying that I'm not burning with it. I don't know. I'm tired too. I guess there's something to, like a spirit of tiredness just come over us. But, um, but anyhow, um, I was going to preach a message uh, titled Mountain Climbers. I had the whole front of the church set up. I didn't set up the whole front of the church. We're not going camping is what that tent makes. Somebody like, what's the tent for? And so um, uh, we're, we're, not, we're not going camping, but we'll explain that. But I had uh, the whole front uh, decorated the morning that the storm hit. And so, but this morning, I want us to talk about um, uh, mountain climbing. I, I did a lot of research um, uh, on this message, so just give me a time to set it up, and we'll preach in a minute. But I watched several documentaries, and how many seen the movie Everest itself? How many seen that movie? Uh, I haven't watched the movie, but um, but after the documentaries I seen, and uh, you know the live YouTube footage you see of people climbing, I'm thinking, how in the world, or why in the world would anybody ever want to climb this mountain? It is the world's tallest mountain uh, at 29,000, just a little over 29,000 feet. Uh, K2 is our next tallest mountain, um, uh, which is uh, near the Pakistan and Chinese border, about 1,500 miles north of, of Mount Everest, which sits uh, where Nepal and um, uh, in Nepal. And so uh, K2 is at 28,000 and some odd feet. This is uh, amazing, um, um, I guess, uh, victory to climb to the summit of it a thousand people try to climb Mount Everest a year uh, only 500 of the thousand that set out to climb it will actually uh, summit the mountain the average temperatures of the mountain I'm just trying to give you facts we're not talking about we're going to talk about a spirit the spiritual aspect of this in a minute but the average temperature on um, on Everest is minus two degrees um, uh, Fahrenheit uh, in the summer so most of the, the, the they they summit the mountain in the summer, uh, they because of the wind in the in the um, in the winter, which is around minus thirty one degrees. I think what it says the things that I've studied that says what it is in the winter time, and so it's extreme cold, extreme conditions. It takes extreme training to uh, to make it to to summit this mountain. It's very difficult uh, uh, to to make it, and so. There are over 200 bodies still on Mount Everest of uh, people that, and as you climb up the mountain, if you've seen the uh, the movie Everest, I think was built after the 1996 tragedy that killed several climbers that day. Their bodies and other bodies are still on the mountain, and you can actually uh, Google those images. You see them. Um, there's one of the guys that died in 1996. They call him Green Boots, which is the push to the summit, which uh, are, their bodies are trail markers along to the summit, and um, um, because of the extreme conditions and the cold, the bodies just don't uh, decay that uh, that much. You can still see this looks like a guy that's laying there sleeping. And so um, as I begin to study this, I was thinking about it. And I want to read this passage of Psalms 24. And I want to talk about mountain climbing this morning. And I want to read it, if you'll allow me to, out of the message. Because it says it exactly what I want to say out of the message. So Psalms 24 verse 3. It says, Who can climb Mount God? Who can scale the holy north face? Only the clean-handed, only the pure-hearted uh, men who won't cheat, women who won't seduce. God is at their sides. With God's help, they make it. This, Jacob, is what happens to the God-seekers and the God-questers. See what raises attention all over the globe, and people want to go to Mount Everest and summit that, is to be on top of the world. 
they, they're above the stratosphere, if you will. They're, they're up in the clouds. They've made it to the highest peak. I believe this, that God wants all of us to be mountain climbers in this room. I don't believe our Father ever wants us to be satisfied with the status quo of what religion tries to sell us. But there's a place in the high altitude with God, friend, that you can develop a deep relationship. God didn't die so that you could attend Cornerstone or any other church on Sunday. And I thank God for church life. Are you with me now? I thank God for the church. I thank God for the ability to come to church and the ability to worship with you. But there is a relationship, friend, you can have and you can get lost in the presence of God higher than any altitude that Everest could ever imagine or K2 could ever imagine. And so there's these different base camps. And I thought, you know, climbing 29,000 feet and here's a base camp of one which takes about a 14 day trek to make it to the base camp which is about 17,000 feet and what happens is as I begin to study in this climb you can't just go climb the mountain you have to there's there's a lot of training involved there's a, a lot of climbing up but there's a lot of climbing back down because your body has to become acclimated to that type of altitude and this base camp one, I thought about, well, you know, in, in base camp one, this is when we get saved. This is when we're starting to get acclimated to the Christian life. Are you with me? How many knows you have to get acclimated? I, didn't, I, I, I wasn't in church for a long time. I was in church as a little boy, but I missed a lot of years of church. So I had a lot of worldliness. Is, am I the only one in here? It had a lot of ungodliness, so I had to become acclimated to the church. And here they hang out for a while. They, they're really here about 14 days, and they're, they're just really just, they're just learning the altitude. They're just learning things. This is when we discover the Word of God. And really at base camp, we really depend a lot on the teacher. We really depend a lot on the preacher to preach us the Word. We depend a lot on the worship leader to sing us a song. Because we've not become acclimated. Listen, one of the greatest revelations I got is when I realized that I could worship God without any worship leader. When I realized I could, when I could lay down with the Word of God and I could get revelation for myself. Friend, I don't live on what I preach to you. Are you with me now? If I only lived on what I preached on, I would be a dead man. But what we have to learn how is how to eat from the Word ourselves. So they're, they're just getting acclimated. And in this, they will now try to, this is also where we learn how to serve. Because the Bible says, who can ascend the hill of the Lord, is what it says in the King James. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who's not lifted up his soul unto vanity, who's not sworn deceitfully, and this is the generation that seek him. Right? So, Clean hands is where it starts. The Christian life starts with serving, learning how to serve. Is that not what we all here for? Jesus said He came not what? To be served, but to serve. This is where in camp one we learn how to really just become a servant. I don't believe it's the will of God for us to hang out in camp one. We're to hang out in camp one until we get the foundational stones that we need in camp one. Learning how to be a servant. The servant is the stone, if you will, the cornerstone that a lot of the other things in the Christian life is built on. I will never outgrow becoming a servant, but my mentality is not that I'm a servant. Are you with me? So if you will, let's, let's put that next image up of the, of the guy of the other camp. Right here. And you can see the conditions are extreme cold. And they're hanging out in these tents and a lot of them have like, the, the, we just set this tent up with different flags because there's all kind of nationality, uh, uh, all kind of countries that will be on this uh, journey. And so at Camp 2, which is about, uh, this is about where 23,625 feet is, um, no, 21,000 feet. 
to me, when we're moving out of camp two, this is where we're really just moving in deeper with God. We're developing our own personal relationship. Then camp three, which is at 23,625 feet. This is where we know, this is where we're no longer slaves, but I'm learning how to become a friend of God. John 15, 15 says that I no longer call you slaves, but I call you friends. Listen, if we only stay out in camp one, all I'll ever be is God. This, this is my mentality at camp one and camp two. Father, I just want to serve you. I just want to do, I just want to do what you want to do. The higher you get up the mountain, you realize that now I'm no longer a servant, but he's called me a friend. And listen, what God really wants to do is what he placed in me before I ever entered the earth. Come on, somebody. God really wants you to discover what you're here for, and what you're here for is what he placed in you. What do you what 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 do you think about? What what do you want to do? This is when we start walking in the friendship. Now, as they, I thought as climbing Everest that they just climb up and they just stay there. But I was watching these different guys and if you, if you begin to study, they lay like these extension ladders. I mean, I can't imagine this. They lay like this extension ladder just over a crevice that could be 1,000 feet deep, 2,000 feet deep, 3,000 feet deep. And they're... And they're climbing just, they're climbing over these extension ladders. Where I was listening to one guy talk. He said, by the time you summit Everest and come back to the base camp, you have been over these ladders over a hundred times. Because they have to climb up, but then they climb back down. They will climb up to camp three and stay a night and then come back down. Go back up and stay two nights and then come back down. The whole process, you're becoming acclimated to the higher altitude. Now, by the time they reach camp four, the summit is close at hand. It's within, it's within about 3,000 feet to the summit. Camp four is about 26,000 feet and it's known as the death zone. That's where all of us in here are trying to make it on the Mount of God. Are you with me? Just stay with me. I'm going to go somewhere in a minute. But this death zone is at 26,000 feet. The air is so thin that the human, they can hardly breathe. So if you Google a lot of images where they're summiting, they have these oxygen tanks on and look like really uh, flight masks so that they can, they can breathe and, and, and take in the oxygen because the oxygen level is only like 20% of what it is at our level at that high. And so to me, this, this, this uh, death zone is, uh, speaks of where we're all trying to get. Now, on this mountain, when you go to climb, I, I was amazed at how much it costs to try to climb the mountain. Uh, so most people say around forty-five to fifty thousand dollars is a good average of how much it takes to climb Mount Everest, and it takes about forty-five days to summit the mountain. Now, notice a thousand annually, only five hundred—that's a fifty percent chance that you'll make it. There's also there's a good percentage that some will not return back that start the journey. So they have something, they, they have their natural people, which is called, uh, the, the, Nepal, the Nepal people are called Sherpas that climb this mountain. A lot of Sherpas have summited the mountain multiple times, and some Sherpas can summon it without even taking oxygen. This is people that have grown up in the region. Are you listening to me? They've grown up in the region. They know the terrain better than anybody else. Listen, I think it was, um, it was, uh, uh, Sir Edmund Hillary in 1953 was the first man to ever summit uh, uh, Mount Everest. Listen, so I got to thinking about that. The first person that I know of to ever summit the mountain of God was our elder brother Jesus Christ who went down the Via Della Rosa, looked at Golgotha, the place of the skull, and summited that hill of Calvary, if you will. He paved the way for you and I. Now since Sir Edmund Hillary summited Everest, over 4,000 different people have summited that mountain. Mountain. Jesus has made the first call for you and I to ascend the hill of the Lord. Are you with me now? And so I got to thinking, I told Catherine, I said, these Sherpas are experts in climbing. They know, they know the terrain better than anybody else. But I know this, listen, what God has placed in you and I alive is somebody that knows the terrain very well. And that is the Holy Spirit in John 16. He said, I will lead you. I will guide you into all truth. He's the one that is beckoning us from camp one to camp two to camp Camp 3 said, go higher, go higher, go deeper, friend. There's always more in the kingdom. Never be satisfied to where you are. I thank God for the good worship. Listen, but there's more. I thank God that I've seen healing, but there's more. My God, I feel like I'm talking to a dead church this morning. God, help us by the Spirit of God to move from Camp 1 to Camp 2. 
Camp three and camp four. Now notice this. This is where it gets shaky. This is where it really gets shaky. That the Sherpa, they some bad dudes. If you <laughs> Now listen, the ones that are climbing the mountain, the Sherpas are the one toting the tents. They're the one toting the load, just waiting on the other climbers to say, come on. The Holy Ghost is constantly, every day, friend, saying, come up here. Come up higher. When the world tries to bog us down, I'm telling you, it's the Holy Ghost saying, I'm always ahead of you. He's three steps in front of us saying, come on, friend. Listen, when the devil says you can't never get free, you won't never make it, it's the Holy Ghost that is three steps ahead of you saying, I've already made it. I want you to look at Jesus. He's already overcome. You come on to where I'm at. So, in this, I got to thinking, that there's parts of the mountain that is so steep that this is, this is dangerous what they have to do, but, but the, the risk is higher if they don't do this, that there's certain times that they will clamp themselves together. The danger is if you slip, you drag me off the mountain with you. But here's the reward. If you stay on the mountain and keep climbing, I'm coming behind you. Now this is where a lot of the church And I feel like where we're trying to change that in in camps is at camp one and camp two, you don't have to clip to nobody. You don't have to build community and you don't have to stay connected. You can hang out in camp one and you can hang out in camp two, but listen, you will never know the thrill of of what it feels like to make it to the high altitude. And and you don't have to clamp to anybody. But if you really want to risk getting outside of camp three into camp four, it takes hooking up with somebody. I remember reading Bishop Bill Hammond's book, The Day of the Saints. And in that book, he tells a story. He tells a story of that he he thought he was the the fastest uh, cotton picker in, in his area where he lived. And then they moved and he met this guy that said that he, the, the amount of cotton that he was able to pick in one day. And, and Bishop Bill Hammond said, there's no way that you can pick that amount of cotton. So he worked with him one day. And sure as the man said, he did exactly, uh, that's how much cotton he could pick in one day. And he asked him, he said, uh, he said how, 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 can, how can you help me pick that much cotton? He said, it's very simple. You've got to be willing to stay by me. And if you'll do what I do, you'll start picking the amount of cotton that I do. Listen, there's people in here at all levels on the mountain this morning. Some of us have made it to camp four. Some of us are still at camp one. But what we have to be willing to do is hook ourselves to someone who's made it a little further than I have. Listen, community's not easy. It's hard. You have to live vulnerable. You have to allow people to see your weaknesses. Listen, we're not only our strengths, but we are weaknesses too. But if we could ever build true community, our love for one another would cover a great multitude of sin. So I just, preacher, you know, I hear what you're preaching, but listen, life's good here at Camp One. Man, let me tell you something. Revival never happens at Camp One. You never get free of addiction in Camp One. Come on now. You were never free because somebody told you a Sunday school story. Come on now. Your life wasn't changed because, because you, 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 you read a track. Your life was changed when you had an encounter with God. Oh, God, help me right here. Father, I pray, help me preach. Your life was changed when you had an encounter with God. Some of you say, well, I don't understand why they do what they do. I don't under, I look at that and say, I don't understand. I don't understand why someone's willing to climb that. That's because they got a dream in their heart. Other people would look at somebody like Lou Engel who fasts 40 days. Look at somebody like Allison who fasted 40 days. Say, why do you do that? Because I'm tired of living at camp two in my life. And I realize that there's a higher altitude that's available. I know the church don't preach it very much. Listen, but there is something available in God, friend, that is deeper than church. Help me out, Amanda. Come on, let's pull it up. What moves us from camp to camp? 
Luke 19, uh, 1 through 4, there was a young man there by the name of Zacchaeus who was short who wasn't very tall, but the Bible says that he sought to see Jesus. I love the wording of the King James. It says, for he sought to see Jesus for who he was. Listen, that has always been the dream of my heart. I never wanted to know the God that my mama served. I never wanted to know the God that my grandmama served. I wanted to know God for me. Friend, are you with me? It forced me to dig in the book to find out who he was. It forced me to lay on my face and get on my knees and say, God, I want to know you face to face. And when you want to know God face Face to face, it forces you to climb. Zacchaeus said, I refuse. Let me take this off before we have an accident. I done seen that happening. I cause an earthquake up in here if I go down from that altitude. I started out in a denominational church with a book in a class at 18 years of age, a book called Experiencing God, and we were supposed to go home and we were supposed to write our experiences. I thought the, I thought the most powerful music out there was Point of Grace. How many, how many members of them? Point of Grace. Had a Point of Grace. I remember I had a Point of Grace tape. I'm 18 years old in 1998. By the way, this past week, February the 2nd of 1998, Mark, ever how many years that I had, had that first initial encounter with the Lord? And so I'm listening to Point of Grace and I'm 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 I'm, trying, I'm digging into the Word of God. I'm, I'm studying the Word. I'm toting a red pocket Bible to work. I cussed like a sailor before this. Men are noticing something's happened in my life. I believe this. When you really meet Jesus' friend, people will know that you've been with Him. They will recognize that you don't have to wonder if you're saved. Listen, everybody around you know that you had an encounter with God. Can I get any help up in Him? Can I get some help this morning to help me finish this up? And so I'm digging into it. I'm digging into it. But listen to this. God will always put people around you who's higher up the mountain than you to call you up to that level. And I had a cousin. I had two cousins that were higher up the mountain than I was. And they kept inviting me to come to their church. Let me tell you something. There's also churches that'll preach messages that'll keep you in camp one. That'll keep you in camp two. But there are churches that'll call you up to camp four. Let me tell you what you in. We're not a church that'll teach you you gotta cope with addiction. That you gotta live in bondage. We are a church that believes that God calls us higher. Are you with me, friend? We believe that He is more than enough. We believe that all things things are possible to him that believe we believe what the book says he is the same yesterday to forevermore hollering like a Pentecostal we taking this experience in God's class and we're writing down and what was encounters and they called me to come to their church and it didn't take me very long in their church to realize that they was at a whole different camp than where we was hanging out on the mountain. Things were different. Their people act like they enjoyed the house of God. Listen, joy should be the hallmark when visitors come in here. We should be the most excited, the most happy people on the face of God's green earth. Friend, are you with me now? We, are, we have been changed from death unto life. Are you with me now? We have been gone. We have been changed from a victim to a victor in Christ Jesus. We ought to be excited. People are going crazy. Be honest, I was scared. Don't you think there's great fear? When they walk outside those tents, there's tents just like that. Put the image of the tents back up there. There's tents just like that. Howling weather outside. Wind in the wintertime on Everest at the, at the summit can be as high as 175 miles an hour. That's unbelievable. It's on the internet, it's true. Don't you think that there, there's, don't you think there's a fear? There's a fear, but there's a hunger. There's a fear, but there's a hunger. And hunger drives them out of the tent. Of facing the elements, the fear of the elements facing them. Listen to me. At every level, the enemy will throw elements to keep you at that same level. He's afraid. Listen, the devil's not afraid of you knowing something about Jesus, friend. Are you? He's not even afraid of the name Jesus. 
but he's afraid of Jesus Christ. Christos, anointed one. I'm in this church long haired boy gets up I mean hair down to here like Jesus my daddy would never allow us to have long hair maybe that's why my hair fell out he's prayed it over me no <laughs> first of all I didn't like his hair listen the very thing you need God will bring it in front of you to offend you to try to push you away because only the hunger is going to get this thing. It didn't say, listen, what did he say? What did he say? That those that thirst, what? Shall be filled. Those that what? Thirst and hunger shall be what? Filled. The hungry looks different. The, but one of the greatest scriptures on revival is found in the book of Proverbs. says, he that is full loathes the honeycomb. But to the hungry, every bitter thing sweet. To the hungry, they look past the long hair. To the hungry, they look past the package and they see God. And so he's preaching and, and he's up there and he's, he's preaching like I'm doing. He's wild. He's, he, he's different. My preacher stood behind the podium and stood like an icicle telling us about what God used to do. Not a, Listen, religion will always put God in the past or the, or the future. But listen, the kingdom is now a present help in a time of need. This guy's preaching wild. And he, and he does this. I know him where he'd always grab. He'd say, Shh. I'm like, what in the world is he doing? And then he lifts his hands up. He's praying. He said, I'm telling you, if you want it, come now. I'm 18 years old. I'm in a, this is a youth group. There's about 60 kids there. And he goes up there. The first two kids went up there. I mean, they hit the ground. Next thing comes to me. If this dude tries to push me, I'm going to pile drive him right here. I mean, he ain't fishing. He fishing grab me and throw me down like this. And so, I, I'm, getting accl I'm getting acclimated to a new altitude. Because at the altitude I was at and the base camp I was at, none of that ever happened. We just hugged one another and cried some, some little bit. I thank God for that season though. They taught me a lot. Are you? I'm not knocking that. But it's a whole different level. I'm at the back of the room. I close my eyes and I remember what it was like the first time I lifted my hands. I said, God, I said, I am a desperate man, desperate for you at 18 years of old. I said, Father, I'm hungry. I know that. And I said, God, I know this, that you have changed my life because I didn't get saved at no church. I didn't go to no altar. I had a living encounter with you in my bedroom. And I pray right now, God, I said, I want everything you have. The Lord spoke back immediately to me. He said, but you're at the back of the room. See, I was comfortable back there because I was in no man's land. Come on now. Huh? See, some of us can't feel it in worship. That's because you're so far from the fire. I can't get no help up in here. There's a whole different temperature when you get right next to the fire. See, when we when we we put a fire in the fireplace at home or whatever, I like to sit in my recliner and I like to hear the wood popping and all, and Catherine likes it. But John Bentley and Asher, they like to back right up against the, I mean, they'll sit right there on the stone on the side. And he'd get up and he said, Daddy, feel how hot my back is. There's a whole different level the closer you get to the fire. Are you with me now? God spoke by you. He said, but you at the back of the room. This is what the Lord said. He said, if you want me, come to me. Now, I understand God will come to you right where you're at. Just, I'm just telling you my encounter, okay? God was testing my, he was testing my faith and whatever. Only, only myself and I had told my mom that I felt like God called me to preach three months after salvation. I don't even know how that works now. <laughs> As a preacher, someone come and say, "Well, three months I've been saying, listen, you probably need to study a little bit, make yourself." Pre but how many knows this in the Bible? When Jesus set the man from Gadarene free, he didn't say go to seminary. He didn't say go study to show yourself approved. He turned him around and released him right back in the village. Listen, that that's the very same day he released him is the day that he was running naked in the graveyard. 
and released him as an evangelist. That tells me you ain't got to have it all together. You just got to have an encounter. The encounter's worth more than all the knowledge, friend. Shall I go to the front? This, this, I mean, this boy's up there shaking. I mean, he, I mean, he's speaking in tongues. We didn't do that at our church. We didn't even know that exists. Half of my church believed in sensation. That means you believe that the gifts died or went out when the canon of Scripture was fulfilled. But how can one gift go out when the other gifts don't? I don't understand that. Explain that to me. You can't slice and dice the Bible to fit it to whatever you want to believe at whichever camp you're in. Come on, somebody. The Word of God is the Word of God. He stands in front of me. And he stands in front of me and this is what he said. He said, for God has called you. When he said that, man, let me tell you something. My legs kind of buckled on me like that. And I said, holy smokes, man. You know what in the world? We've never seen nothing like this in our church. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This ain't never happened in my church. If somebody fell out, that's because somebody, I mean, they got tripped. And I remember, and I remember thinking, you know, first of all, let me say this. I wasn't perfect. I know what it was like to be intoxicated. And I started feeling intoxicated. Now my legs is getting weak. And I immediately just squared myself and got, got, up, got up under my shoulders good, got in an athletic stance. I said, brother, ain't fixing, he ain't fixing to push me down. He looked at me again. He said, for God has called you. And he laid his hands on me when he did and went out on the power of God. Now remember what I tell you. These climbers are fighting extreme elements. Everything that that mountain has to offer is throwing it at them to keep them down from the mountain. Avalanches are coming down. Weather changing like that instantly. They're having to fight against the freezing temperatures. To fight against frostbite and all of these things. The elements to keep them there. Let me tell you, the number one element we fight against climbing the mountain is not the devil. It is not the devil, friend. Are you with me? Jesus has already empowered us over the devil. Are you with me now? Friend, listen to me. Your greatest struggle is not with sin. Sin has already been defeated. Why are you wrestling something that's already been dealt with? Come on, did you hear me? Stay alert right here for 10 minutes. Listen, sin has already been defeated. The greatest elements we fight is religion. And religion says there's no need to get any higher than where you're at. Oh, you're good enough to make it to heaven. This is what I'm preaching this morning is has nothing to do whether you will go to heaven. But it has everything to do with how much of heaven are you going to get here in this life. My God, help me. See, listen, I love, I love the fact that we get to love on people during tragedy. Listen, but people need far more than just food and loving on. We need people trained with the kingdom of God that can lay their hands on broke bones and say, be healed in the name of Jesus and let's really see them healed. I go back to class. Had to be toted. Let me say this, lead, that would be an understatement. Say, you know they had some big people there if they toted me out. We get back. I write down in my experience in the God book, and I'm in a class. I tell my experience. And the guy that's teaching the class, this is what he said. He said, I have been saved for 40 years. I know others in this church that have been saved for 25 plus years. And none of us has ever had that encounter, nor do we believe you have to have that encounter. He did everything he could to discourage me and to make me doubt that experience. Let me tell you something. When the church lacks experience, they try to pull God down to their theology. And instead of elevating your experience to match your theology. There was one friend that I had in that meeting who was saved. He had been a Christian 
for about 15 years. He was on fire for God. He left with a group of men and went to Promise Keepers. How many's ever been to one of those meetings? At Promise Keepers, his heart was ignited for God. Listen, this man was this man was challenging the church. This man was causing a lot of problems in our church. He would lay in the prayer room all night long on Saturday night. He would spend the night at the church fasting and praying. They locked the prayer room. They changed the bolts on the prayer room to keep him out of the prayer room. This man would stand up and testify and pray that that church would catch on fire. I'm not saying he was right. He had tremendous zeal, but his heart had been ignited. And he had a dream. And in the dream, he dreamed that I took him to church with me on a Wednesday night. And in the dream, he was called out in the service that we were sitting in and that God filled him with the, with the spirit and the power. So I said, oh, we go going to church on Wednesday night. Go with me this Wednesday night. He worked for Pike Electric. If you're familiar with that company, a lot of those guys have to work off a little bit. Or whatever. So he gets in early this night. We go over there to church, take him to the same place I have the encounter. We're in Pastor Bo's church. Wednesday night, he walks to the pulpit just like this. And as he stands and looks at the congregation, just like I just did, he pauses. And it's almost like he's just standing there. And he said this into the microphone. I remember this. He said this in the microphone. What are you doing, preacher? He said, I'm waiting on God. He asked himself a question and answered. And then he pointed through the crowd, and there was my friend sitting right there. He pointed through the crowd, and he said, Sir, you stand up. He said, Two weeks ago, God appeared to you in a dream and told you that you was going to be in this church. And he told him what he dreamed, and he said, Now the, the power of God comes upon you. God knocked him out. His wife ain't never been, a, been away from Camp One. <laughs> I remember they had a white cutlass. We laid him in the back seat of that white cutlass. She looked like she just walked out of seeing the movie Exorcist. He couldn't speak English for three days after this encounter with God. What pulls me to that level? Listen, here's the thing. Once they make it to Camp 4, this is the death zone. Most of us really in this room really love Camp 3. And we like to travel up to Camp 4, but we really like to come back down to Camp 3. I believe where I'm at is lingering in between Camp 3 and Camp 4. Oh, see, at Camp 3, and when I make it to Camp 4, I can reside there for a couple of days. But I like the safety of Camp 3. Because Camp 4 will kill you. Let me tell you about a man who made it into Camp 4 and he summited the mountain and he stayed and he lived at Camp 4. His name was the Apostle Paul and he writes this in Galatians chapter 2.20. He said, I nevertheless live for I have been crucified. I lost my life. Let me tell you another man, Jesus, when he was preaching, he said, if you seek to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. So where is he calling us to? He's calling us up the mountain. You know what else about, can you put the summit up there? Throw the summit up there for me. There is tons of debris, not debris, I'm still in the tornado mode, trash on Mount Everest. It's one of the trashiest, though it is the beautifulest. One of the beautifulest mountains, it's, it's, it's got tons of trash on it. And a lot of that fee that you pay um, is to, for the Sherpers to help get the trash off the mountain. Because if you've got this many people, listen, it takes about 45 days with good weather to summit this mountain. So you're living there for 45 days eating buffalo meat and just horrendous uh, uh, how they make it. And so it's very trashy. Listen to this. Do you know that it is possible for a lot of trash in my life to stay in my life at Camp One? This is where it gets quiet. Huh? A lot of things from my old life can still be present in Camp One. Hello? Now, I don't believe it's the church's job to clean anybody's life up. I believe that's the work of the Holy Spirit. 
Are you with me? But you better believe this. The higher you get up the mountain, the more the Holy Spirit said, the trash is falling off. I remember reading, uh, uh, hearing Bill Johnson tell a story of two pilots that saw a rat come out from underneath the control panel and then run back into where the engine was. And uh, uh, the, one of the pilots was afraid that the, uh, the rat would chew through the fuel line or some of the, some of the wiring or whatever in, in the plane. And so, the, so one of the co-pilot looked at the, and said, we need to land this plane. We need to land now and call for an emergency landing and get the plane down for this rat. Damages something in the engine and, you know, we crashed the plane. And the other pilot had said, why should we land the plane? He said, let's climb to an altitude where this rat cannot breathe and we will kill this rat if we climb to a different altitude. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you the struggles that we have with the works of the flesh is because we are not climbing at a higher altitude. Do you know that there's places in the mountains regions that there's an altitude where snakes struggle to live? The reason why these petty sins and the works of the flesh still hold us back is because we're not willing to get in an altitude where those things die. If we will live at camp four, death is, this is the death zone. Those things cannot live when we ascend the hill of the Lord. Well... This is what it takes. Let me say this. Most of what I've studied, most of the deaths and the disasters happen not on the climb, not on the way up. That's when, that's when they got in trouble in 1996 is on the way down. Is that correct? You can, just to see this, you go home and Google this. There was a man on that journey by the name of Beck Evers. Is that correct? Beck Evers, is that right? Yeah. Beck Evers was a, was a medical doctor from Dallas. The movie Everest is made after the guy, Ron Hall, whose body is still on Everest. And um, was a, I forget how many died. I can't remember how many died. It was the, at that point the single most, uh, the worst day on Everest in the history. And... Beck Evers was left what one night was it one night you guys watch the movie one night or was it two days one night anyhow he's the only guy in, in ever that if it was 24 hours or 48 hours he was left outside in the death zone no I think it was one night he spent one night in the death zone and ever made it to survive that one night in the death zone when he returned, his face was solid black. I'm talking about black. They had to cut his nose off. His hand, one hand was, uh, was looked like charcoal. It was frostbitten so bad. They removed, actually from just below the elbow is removed. And then they created like a mitt with one hand. And that's what, but he, he made it off that mountain to show the elements. So the, so the, the, the tragic, a lot of times what happens is because they're fatigued, they've, they've pushed for the summit where they leave at like at 12 midnight to try to make it by, by sometime 10 or so in the morning to push for the summit. And then as they come back down because they want to be coming back down to be able to see, to, to get across that, you, you'll just, if you Google images of Everest, you'll see that sharp face where they have to push for the summit to go up. They try to be back off of that during daylight. But what happens is on the way down is where things happen. And I thought about this a lot. Friend, think about how many kids that we sent to the ramp. Or think about how many revivals that we attended. And we get so on fire. We flame up, man. We get snatched all the way up to the, to the summit, man. I mean, like we're, we're ready to die for Jesus at that moment. Come on, teenagers. You ever do that? I mean, you, 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 get, you make it there. You feel like I finally arrived and I'm there. And all of a sudden, something pulls you back down. It's when you get pulled back down, that's, that's in the danger. When you get pulled back down, you got to realize, listen, what they say is you got to keep moving. No matter what happens, you got to keep moving. If you stop to rest, you will die on Everest. 
listen. It don't matter how fast you're climbing. You just got to keep climbing. You got to keep going. Listen, the Bible says this, that the righteous may fall seven times, but they get back up again. Do you know that's a lot of grace right there? That means, listen, you're looking at one that's not failed seven times, but probably 7,000 times I've been to the top and wanted to come back down. But thanks be unto God who is full of mercy, long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. He still calls us back. Now this is what I see right here happening. Go back to the community. I'm done right here. I know what it's like. I know that, I know that and all of us have a different mountain, the mountain that God has called us to have. How many's ever heard Lance Walnall teach on the seven mountains? There's a mountain of education that's got to be summited. Right? There's a mountain of media and entertainment that's got to be summited. There's a mountain of politics that's got to be summited. Y'all right? Can you stay awake three more minutes? I'm bringing her in. You see the airport? I'm getting close. And I thought about this window. Don't, don't think me wrong. Don't take me wrong. I, I appreciate what God did the other Wednesday night. In our church on the front page of the paper, it ain't like that, but my boys got out at Dorsey and said, Daddy, you famous now. Made it on the Adel News. Didn't make it in the Alma Times one time. And not the arrest section. That was amazing. But I long for the day that we've climbed a mountain as a church in a community that we're not forced together by tragedy and devastation that we walk truly together Catherine and I got out and left Saturday morning about 7.45 and we went to go to a meeting and there was a meeting scheduled at this church and this community that was to honor every pastor in the community And we got there, knowing if you're going to feed somebody at 8 o'clock, there was people probably there at 6.30. Somebody bought that food. Only myself and two other pastors was in the meeting. Mr. Mary, you was there. And what I wanted to stand up and say at the end was keep climbing. See, somebody's got to break through before somebody else can ever break through. You got to keep climbing. It doesn't matter how hard the hill of education looks, somebody's got to keep climbing. I appreciate CCA, but if everybody if every Christian left and went to CCA, what would happen to the public school? We got to have godly people in the public school that walk in the presence and the power of God. There will be children that never can afford the dark CCA, but they're in a school system and as long as the godly's in there, Willing to climb the mountain. Catherine, four, five, six, seven times a year, she, she's ready to hang it up. But I keep, I keep reminding her, not only for the insurance, glory to God, but you're there to make a difference. Keep working. Keep planning. Keep climbing the hill. If we will keep going, we will reach where we're trying to reach. Think about this community. Think about the business district downtown. Somebody's got a willing to keep climbing. Keep climbing. All the elements are going to come out and say, oh, that there's nothing ever going to come to Adel. We've been this way for years. We've been this way for years. Listen to me. But the church ain't been this way for years. I refuse to buy into the lie that we've been this way for years. Well, listen here. I'm here to change the way we have been here for years. I'm not going to preach the same message we have been preaching for years. We're not going to do evangelism the way we've done it for years. You got to keep climbing. Just don't stop. Just don't stop. Listen, let me tell you right here. How are you teenagers going to make it? You got to be willing to clamp yourself to somebody else. Hello, you want to stay alone? Stay in camp too. Never make a difference. 
But if you're willing to clamp yourself to somebody else and climb, you'll make a difference. Listen, there are going to be plenty of critics. Nobody ever... Tell, tell me who were the critics of Smith Wigglesworth. Name them. You can't name them. The only one we know the name of is Smith Wigglesworth. Why? Because he did something. There will be plenty of critics who will never do nothing, who are not willing to climb. That is nothing but a bunch of whiny babies that want to stay at camp too. But I refuse to hear their whines. There's something louder that I hear more than the whines. And that is his voice saying, come up here and let me show you things that you've never seen. Think about it. Just got to keep climbing. As a church, we got to keep climbing. We got to keep pushing. I'm not talking about works. Let me say this. Done. My final closing. We were a couple Sundays ago. Several of us went and helped some cleanup out on by the Valdosta plant. This couple pulled over. Got out and he, he asked me, he said, you, will you guys finish this cleanup job today? And, and we did. We finished, we, we finished it that day. And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, we got 500 men staged. We got a semi-load of chainsaws coming. I said, my God, these, these brother, if it takes something down, you know what I'm saying? And he said, we just need the work scheduled. Where do we need to go? And with all the stuff that we've done, John and, uh, where, where's John at? John and Jonathan worked, was out at, uh, y'all were at Sunshine Acres. And, um, and so I, you know, I told the guy, I said, you can check there. If not, I would, I would send them to Darty County. They need a lot of help. And then I said, well, what organization are you from? He stuck his head out. He said, we're from the LDS, the Church of Latter-day Saints. I, you know what? Listen to me. In times, let me tell you where I'd have been at a decade in my life ago. I'd have looked at that and said, you know what? The best thing we can do is run them right on out of here. But you know what? I said, I want to tell you, I appreciate you what you're doing in my community. I appreciate the love you're showing people. And I pray that God will plant you in the right place because you know what we can gain from that church? How to get off our fat sacks and get out there and do something. Hello. Boy, that's raw preaching, ain't it? Huh? Edit that out. They will teach us, listen, because we're so, well, you know, it ain't by works. Listen to me. Show me your faith. I will see your works. Because this is what our works look like. God, would you just send somebody out here to do it? Because, Lord, you know, we got to go to sisters, God. And you know we ain't been with family in about three weeks. shook his hand I said I appreciate you what you're doing in our community how you're reaching out and helping people now father when they try to say that Jesus was just a good man close people's ears at that <laughs> but I appreciate what you're doing see a true honor is valuing people what they are and I realize if we're ever going to summit that hill of unity, it is never going to be summited by doctrine. It is never going to be summited on agreement. It's got to be summited by relationship. And it's got to be summoned by you willing to connect your, your belt loop to somebody else. One of the guys that I thought that I would never be, I would, I would just whatever, this Baptist preacher, this country Baptist preacher, Brother J uh, um, Ike Jefferson, I told him what we wanted to do on April 15th. He said, you put it down next week. I'll tell my church and I'll have every bit of my church out there where you tell me to go. That's connection being made. It's got to be willing to be climbed. What else has got to be willing to climb here, friend? What's God telling you to climb? What elements are you facing this morning that's holding you back from your destiny? I'm going to ask you this morning, are you willing to get out your tent and face the elements head on and let's see it come down? If we're ever going to see great realms of healing, we've got to learn how to celebrate a cold being healed. Like I mean, it's like the greatest thing we ever just saw. When God pulls out an ingrown toenail, we go ecstatic about it and we ask how thankful we are. When God gives us $2, we're so thankful we believe that we just hit like Publishers Clearinghouse just showed up at the house. Are you with me now? If we will begin to act like that and be thankful for like that, let me tell you something. That $2 will turn into $2,000. $2,000 will turn into $20,000. $20,000 will turn into $200,000. And $200,000 will turn into $2 million. That code that we just celebrated will turn into bones being healed. Bones will turn into cancer being gone. Come on, somebody. This is the key ingredient, being thankful.
what lie needs to be broke off of you for you to summit the mountain? Listen, all the, new, all, the, all the naysayers will say you can't do it. Are you going to listen to that voice or are you going to rise up? That's what the day is anyhow the Falcons is playing. Everybody's saying rise up. I'm telling you this morning to rise up. I pray the Falcons rise up, but you got to rise up. We got a mountain to climb. Listen, you got one opportunity. I'm done. You got one opportunity in this life. How many people's on the news saying, you know what? Abortion's never going to change. Abortion's never going to change. I'm here to tell you people are still climbing that mountain, facing the elements, head on in the face. Facing the elements, head on in the face when everybody's laughing and they're standing out there with the live tape over their mouth. I'm telling you, listen, we are waking up in this nation. It will come down. It is a mountain. Stand up with me. I can't holler at you no more. If I can't, if I can't persuade you, I don't know if what can happen to you. God, give us endurance to run the race. I'm telling you I'm willing to climb I'm willing to climb Mary Broom you a climber are you willing to climb I need some climbers I need some teenage climbers I need you to climb I saw you Rachel in chapel with your hands up everybody hands in their pockets I saw you listen here God saw you too keep climbing keep climbing I need some climbers I need some some climbers that's going to climb this mountain with us. Come on now. Catherine can't be the only dancer in this house. You got to dance. You cannot sit back and watch her dance for you. You got to dance. Well, that's just not my personality. I'm telling you this morning, get out of camp one and get into camp two. You got to climb. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media. Why are we doing a marriage conference? Because we're trying to get our marriages at another altitude. Come on, climb. Climb with us. Father, I pray this morning, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. This is the generation that seek your face. God, I pray this morning for the God questers to rise up in this house. I pray for an endurance to climb like never before in 2017. We will not settle, settle for status quo. We will not settle for religion to say you can't do it. We say we are here to do what can't be done. We say all things are possible to them that believeth in Jesus' name. Now lay your hands right there on your neighbor. I feel the power of God in this room right now. I'm telling you right now, I feel the authority and the power of God in this room right now.
David, I just declare that you're going to climb in the name of the Lord God. Father, I pray over him right now. I release the heart of endurance, the climber. Father, that we're going to finish the race that you have laid before us. We will not be sidetracked. We will not go to the right or to the left. But we're going to climb higher in this place right now in the name of Jesus. I declare that we are hooked up in the realm of the Spirit. We are hooked up. We are yoked up. We are tied by the threefold cord in the realm of the Spirit, God. And we're going to accomplish what you said that we are going to do in this place. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for an apostolic resource center in Sparks, Georgia, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for missionaries being raised up in this house right now, being sent all over the globe in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. We thank you for worship leaders being trained, God, that will export all over the world right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you right now for endurance going into every life in this room. I thank you for hardship being broken right now in the name of Jesus. Discouragement being broken right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Sin cycles being broken right now in the name of Jesus, God. I thank you for freedom. Aaron, Jess, come, come forth right here. Catherine Phillips, she's going to pray with you. Stay with me right here. Come on, can you pray us? Can you pray us right here today? I feel like we're right there, but I'm telling you, there's, there's a whole lot of elements we're waiting through today. Come on, lift your hands towards them. They're, they're just, who, who all's in college right now? Who's, who's in college right now? Stan, you in college? He's been in college seven years. Come on. Come on. I'm cutting up with you. Come on. Come right here. Stand right here too with him. Come on. Father, we just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for just the ability to retain what you study. What you study. I say you got the ability to retain it right now in the name of Jesus. I release that anointing on you right now. In the name of Jesus, right now, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We pray that you use them, God, in education right now. In the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, yes, Jesus. Holy Ghost come like never before upon your people. God arise and shine for our light has come. That is a command to the church to arise in this hour and shine, Father. God, we pray for a fresh anointing upon us today in this house. We pray for a fresh anointing in this house today, God. In the name of Jesus. Frederick Arnold, I declare unto you right now in the name of Jesus Christ that this is your year. This is a year that you shall stay on the mountain. You will not slip, you will not fall, but you will ascend the hill of the Lord in this year. I'm telling you for breakthrough is yours right now. If you will stay at the course, if you will stay and just stay true to the course, this is your year. This is your year breakthrough. We release that over you right now in the name of Jesus. No more going up and coming down. No more going up and coming down. We declare you will stay there in the name of Jesus. Come on, lay your hands on your neighbor one more time. Lay your hands on your neighbor one more time. Say, this is your year, friend, right now. This is your year. This is your year breakthrough. I refuse to let you stay where you are. I'm pulling you up the mountain. Come on, tell somebody. Tell somebody if you're a climber, I will pull you up the mountain. I will pull you up the mountain. Come on, you got to pray longer than that. You got to pray at least a solid minute. If you can't pray a solid minute, you're a weak mountaineer. Come on, pray a solid minute right now. Come on, pray. God help us. God help us. God help us. God shall help the God questers. He will help us. He will give us the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, we ask you to help us to ascend the hill of the Lord this morning. We ask you to help us to climb. We ask you, God, deliver us, God. Deliver us, God. Set us free this morning by the power of Jesus Christ.
Oh, we worship you, Jesus. I'm going to climb. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to climb. I will not stay here. I'm going to climb. I'm going to go further in God than I've ever been in my life. I'm going. This is it. This is it. I'm going. This is it. I'm climbing the hill. I'm getting closer. I'm moving in. What does that look like? That, that looks like adjusting your schedule. Teenager, what does that look like? Getting off your phone and getting in the Word. Listen to me. Listen to me this morning. That means getting off the Xbox, getting into the presence. That means getting the country off your radio and getting in the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus, my God, I'm telling you right now, Father, I release a flame to just envelop us this morning right now. I release hunger and passion like never before in this house right now. I declare our hearts to burn. I declare our hearts to burn. I declare the anointing that was upon Jeremiah when he said, my, there was a burning fire shut up in my bones. I release it in this house right now. How long you gonna stay at that level? How long you gonna, how long, how long, how long? We gotta go. There's a, there's a thing that I listen to on YouTube all the time by uh, Elevation, where, where Stephen Furtick gets up and he says, we, we got a gospel to preach, we, we got a kingdom, we got a kingdom to bring, we got a king to serve, we got a, we got a gospel to preach, we gotta go. We gotta go, church. All of heaven. All of the summiteers in Hebrews chapter 11 are looking at us. And the promise was yet not fulfilled. They're waiting on us to step into that moment. Man, I tell you what, I feel like I'm hearing. I feel like I hear this voice over this church. Well, you know, we've heard that. We heard we're going to climb. We've heard that. We've heard that. We've heard that. But I'm telling you, I'm here again saying the same thing. We're going to climb it. We're going to do it. And we're going to see it, friend. pray over all these teenagers before we leave so you might as well just come on kids 18 and under 20 and under I'll throw it like that come on this is where you should be running you should be running like like I mean like wildfire Come on, crank her board up. <laughs>